Welcome to your podcast on fire on Railroad Tigers. Director Ding Sheng goes for a third collaboration with star Jackie Chan after a first a period effort slash body comedy slash road movie with a heart in the form of Little Big Soldier and the hostage drama Police Story 2013. Look at me, I actually said the name right. Remember, I, I kept saying New Police Story when, I t- <laughs> when we reviewed that film. Like, New Police Story, no! It's Police Story 2013, nothing else. <laughs> uh, I said it right. Uh, both uh, cases, both movies showing a, uh, a Jackie Chan being like the Jackie Chan fight or whatever. He's taken down. And uh, it relied less on action and more on acting. So uh, for heist shenanigans in war times that uh, comes in the form of Railroad Tigers. Is the duo, the directing, acting duo, going to be free for free? Let's find out. My name is Kennedy, and with me to discuss this movie and maybe drop some opinions of uh, those past Ding Sheng movies is easternfilmfans.co.uk's head honcho, Phil G. Good morning and hi hi. Hello. Yes, I'm back. Hello. Ah, it's good to be back. Not that I've ever been away, but you know, but I'm back anyway. A little uh, mini app uh, for us because we're only doing one episode this time and it's more to... Um, for once to get an episode out quick because uh, we have a thanks and a shout out uh, to give uh, to the following uh, people and organizations. Uh, first of all, Fetch uh, for kindly supporting the WellGo screener for review uh, purposes uh, for uh, on the show. So therefore, we want to get it out as quick as we can. So uh, th- thank you to uh, both of them for uh, supplying the material for this show. I, I, I often wonder because I haven't made an effort... Um, habit of requesting screen as if um, if people get uh, conflicted if they don't like something they've been uh, sent for free but I guess uh, PR companies and companies have a thick skin they know not every product they put out is going to be liked uh, necessarily uh, I'm obviously not and you are certainly not uh, this uh, crude reviewer that uh, goes for the juggler if you don't like something you're, you're good-natured about even something you dislike right yeah, I've said it on the show before and stuff. You know, I, I'm out there to promote Asian cinema. That doesn't mean if I don't like something, I won't say I don't like it. But generally, I will review stuff that is good and, and worth watching rather than not. Now, that might be a bad thing because people want to know the stuff that it's not very good and they don't want to watch. But as I'm a promoting Eastern films, I want to promote. There's so much good stuff out there. I want to promote the good stuff. And occasionally, there's not so good stuff. You know, or it's so-so. But, you know, nine times out of ten, I want to put reviews out there that are good reviews. And, you know, and promote it. So, you know, that's just my philosophy. Um, there's no right or wrong in it, but... Yeah, yeah I agree. And uh, we, we're not uh, dictating opinion either, either no. way. So uh, we leave it up for to customers and listeners to make up their own minds. Uh, it, it's important to let, uh, let people know that, uh, granted, I don't live in the UK, but I know there is, we have a base in the UK, and I know there is a good purpose to uh, promote uh, what's on the market um, mm. with uh, Kaleidoscope or Wellgo or Cinesia or um, or what have you. So, I mean, the, 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 the purpose is never sort of ill and um, wrong-headed. Hey, my friend, you um, you are the co-host and co-producer and all of that, so I'm going to rattle off uh, our regular quick contact information in a bit, but you get the full firm plug of Eastern Film Fans. So where can they find you on the web in case they didn't listen to my intro properly? <laughs> blah 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 Ken 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 blah 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 let's listen to Phil instead yeah, yeah they've got 
<laughs> That's it. You can listen now. I'm back. Um, no, uh, you can find me at www.easternfilmfuds.co.uk. Uh, also on Facebook and Twitter um, quite a bit. So uh, just uh, drop us a line if you uh, want to get in touch. Hey, what's going on in the summer? Any uh, cool movies uh, you've uh, watched that you've also reviewed? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's been quite it's been quite busy. So um, I just reviewed, and I'm a little bit late, getting late to the party, uh, One Million Clicks with Mike Muller, uh, Evolutionary Films, um, which uh, surprised me. It was uh, it was really good, really, really good. Cool. So I've got a review of that online, so check that one out. Also, another little film called Love Stalk by a American director, Joe Ferrello, who did the, I think it was about 2016. He did a, he did a short um, uh, film and then he made it into a feature film. Uh, it's out now to buy as well um, called Love Stalk and it's set in Hong Kong in Cantonese. An American directing in Cantonese in Hong Kong. But again, reviews on site, check it out. Worth checking these independent films. Um, they deserve your support. So yeah, check those two reviews out. Excellent, good man. And uh, as for the rest of the contact information, uh, it goes as follows. This is, you're listening to Podcast on Fire. And we're located on podcastonfire.com. That's the home for the Podcast on Fire network, uh, where we have shows on Hong Kong movies, uh, the one you're listening to here, talking of recent and vintage uh, Hong Kong movies and uh, a variety of uh, eras and genres uh, in between. And if you like uh, podcasts with uh, Japanese uh, talk on them and Korean talk on them and podcasts that act as audio commentaries and they have uh, content such as ninjas and sleaze, we got those too. So check, check us out and uh, email us if you have any questions or feedback podcast on fire at googlemail.com. Use the handy buttons at the top of our website to get to our social media such as Facebook, Twitter and on Facebook, by the way, we have a, a lovely discussion group that you can uh, reach uh, via the link or just uh, type in Podcast on Fire Network on Facebook and uh, join us and uh, discuss and see show updates. And uh, you can also click the iTunes button, subscribe to us, leave a rating, comment, and uh, finally Stitcher Radio allows you to stream our shows either online or via their application available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. And I write about a variety of Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies new and old, so goodreviews.com my video review at sleazykvideo.com and my tweets are available at so good reviews so that's it we are going to take a musical break um, bringing uh, Jackie Chan's theme for Railroad Tigers it was kind of unmistakably him during the um, ending credits so uh, the man uh, went into the singing booth again to provide a theme for one of his starring vehicles in this case Railroad Tigers I think that was him so if I'm wrong then then I'm wrong but uh, regardless uh, it's the theme song from Railroad Tigers and we'll be back after the break to discuss it And welcome back, and our review of this episode is Railroad Tigers from 2016, starring Jackie Chan, and plot from IMDb. And I think it's actually uh, sort of the well-go write-up uh, copied to IMDb. So uh, here we go. In December 1941, uh, the railway from Tianjin to Nanjing in East China became a key 
military transportation route, heavily guarded by Japanese soldiers. Ma Yuan, played by Jackie Chan, a railroad worker, and his group of freedom fighters find themselves on the wrong side of the tracks when they decide to ambush a heavily armed military train filled with desperately needed provisions. Unarmed and outnumbered, they must rely on their wits to battle an entire army. And I added the little uh, key element of uh, them aiming to get a train to a key bridge strategically and blow that bridge up. So that's the, the gist of the movie. That's not a twist or anything. That's, uh, we, we, we know halfway through that uh, they have a goal. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's do some short opinions. Uh, so Phil G, what is in short uh, your opinion of Railroad Tigers being a big action fan and Jackie Chan fan and all? Oh, well, you know, uh, what excites me most is obviously Ding Ching again, them hooking up because he just has this net with Jackie Chan to bring out the best in him. And rightly so, again, with Railroad Tigers, I have to say, enjoyable movie. It's it's a little bit different going into it. If you don't know what to expect, there's a comic book style to it. Yeah, very comic booky, uh, And starts off in modern age, which then throws you back into the 1940s. So, But you know, generally, it works together quite well. I'm not saying Jackie takes a back seat because he doesn't. He's front and center. But there's a young cast behind him as well. Yeah, an enjoyable movie. It's one of those, you know, I will revisit. So if I'm going to revisit a movie, then, you know, I liked it. So, yeah, one of Jackie's better films of recent times, I have to say. I actually agree. I actually, yeah. And I also went in with pretty much zero knowledge. The only thing I mm. knew was a little tidbit here and there from people who didn't like the film personally. But, I, you know, my viewing wasn't... Uh, uh, tainted by that or anything. One thing I knew going in was the confidence in the director-actor combo here. Again, Ding Sheng and Jackie Chan. And also, in the in the interim, I've watched uh, Ding Sheng's Andy Lau vehicle saving Mr. Wu. Ah, and yes. I like that a lot. Um, looks quite good. Um, different style, very much a looser style. Um, it's based on a real kidnapping case as well. And uh, Andy was um, was uh, great in it. He plays a Hong Kong actor, so it, it's a, it's a, it's a bit meta that movie, but not for comedic purposes. But they they it, it's kind of amusing that it looks like Andy Lau is sort of playing Andy Lau, but he isn't. He's playing a real life actor. That actor is actually in the movie. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. plays one of the policemen in Saving Mr. Wu, the actor that was kidnapped, so you know it didn't have a lethal outcome. But anyway, I was largely entertained by that movie, also by Railroad Tigers, and uh, despite the war setting, it is actually light-hearted and leaning more towards action comedy. But no Jackie Chan action. But it's well-staged heist action with rather likable characters and banter. I wanted to ask, uh, while mentioning Saving Mr. Wu, have you had a chance to see that movie? Yes, I watched it some time ago. I don't know why I never put review on site, actually, which is a bit naughty of me, because I, I should have done that. time. <laughs> naughty of me? I didn't review <laughs> it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I should have uh, put a review. It was very naughty of me. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, again, uh, I love that film and stuff. And it was a bit Andy Lau playing Andy Lau, which he generally does in most movies, kind of walks through them playing Andy Lau. But... And we know beforehand, by the way, if you know the case, you know it turned out well. And it's a movie yeah. Andy Lau does not die in. Yeah. Hurrah! One of my most created uh, Chinese actors in my household is Andy Lau. You just don't know whether he's going to die in a film or not. Well, you kind of know that he probably is. It's not a fi- it's not a 50-50 thing. Watch any movie from the 80s or 90s where he plays a tried rascal. Oh, yeah. You, the, the odds of him dying are, you know, you're not going to win any money. Essentially, it's uh, <laughs> put in a pound, you're not going to even earn two pounds going into that. 
But if people don't know it, there's, yes. there's chances you could win money there. Although we have told them now, so my chances are getting slimmer. Damn. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no, enjoyable movie. Yeah, I, I, I did, did love that movie. So again, Ding Cheng again. So he excites me now. That's three, This will be three in a row that I've really enjoyed that collaboration between Jackie Chan and Ding Cheng. So if we see another one come up, I'm going to be really excited. By now, yeah, free for free is strong. I mean, Little Big Soldier yeah. is the strongest one, I think, uh, despite. But the, the the stock is high, man, after these quality movies with the two Hong Kong stars. And uh, while two movies were hostage thrillers, uh, in, yeah. Police Story and uh, Saving Mr. Wu, I haven't felt a sense of repetition. Uh, there, there have been new stories, two dark, one mix of light and dark, Little Big Soldier, and he's tapped into the... Ja- uh, dramatic actor in Jackie Chan, which looks to me, Phil, to be very pleasing to Jackie. That there's a comfort being a more low key, underplaying things and not having to slide into his uh, action comedy persona like we've seen, uh, you know, a good dozen times before. You know, it, to me, it looks like Jackie is. Oh, I have no like um, expectations uh, from. Yeah, uh, I, I can sort of. It's a new role. It's a new sort of uh, thing. So I I can sense that comfort, and um, it, it it it's definitely evident here. I think um, because all because also there's no well there's a slight Jackie Chan action sequence, but it really is uh, the rest is uh, the heist action and uh, the comedy. People don't know me. <laughs> me and me and Jackie are close. We're tight, man. We're tight. <laughs> to, you've met for five seconds. Yeah. Well, I met him. I met him. I, I've spoken to him on occasions, and we still keep in touch. Mate, no, yep, that we do. I know people say I'm lying, but it's true, we do. And I've told him, where we think saying, it must be me. But no, I, I told him I enjoy his movies with him. I, I think it just, it, he's got something, he's got the knack with him. He seems comfortable, like you say. Ding Sheng going forward, I don't know. I hear a rumor he's going to do a better tomorrow for. I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big, big, big ask of anybody. So we'll see how that one goes. But that's what he's doing next. But... Again, I'll be really interested to see if it does anything with Jackie in the future. But the expectation now will be obviously considerably higher, I have to say. Yeah, and I've heard that too. And I don't know if uh, it even is connected other than the name. Um, you know, even even A Better Tomorrow Free, while technically, yes, it is a prequel, you could strip a scene or two out of it and it has nothing to do with The Better Tomorrow. So, and uh, thankfully it doesn't seem like a remake because the remake in Korea was all, already kind of uh, average, mm. uh, to be honest. So Yeah, it was. Uh, but anyway, we'll see what's coming. Uh, the, the only thing I sort of dislike is um, the modern opening and modern closing of the film. And I'll, I'll tell you later why I think it's there. But it the modern opening sort of suggests that there is a supernatural element here because the kid yeah. opens up uh, the, the oven or whatever. Where, where and the glowing coal starts to glow like it hasn't done for 40 or 50 years. And I kind of thought that was an odd way into the story. Uh, well, well I, I I can give you my theory now because uh, why I think it's there. Because if you look at when this is wrapped up in modern times, we won't reveal the cameo, but uh, you hear dialogue though. A kid asks like, what happened to them? Well, they joined the army and uh, did very well. So I think it's sort of the mainland Chinese, not demand on the film, but sort of they want to present these as heroes. And if it's not evident in the already action field picture, add a little bit of dialogue at the end saying they were super duper heroes. 
So I think it's there for that reason, just my theory. I could have lived without these modern wraparound sequences. Then again, we got a little star cameo at the end that we won't reveal, so it was kind of nice for that few seconds. But Yeah, uh, it's worth it for that. But I know what you're coming from. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Because I was so concentrating on watching the film and stuff and it starts in modern times, I didn't actually think it did go through my head. Well, that's a bit supernatural. It throws you for a little bit. Think, oh, there's something else going on, but there isn't. It's just like you say, these are just a bit bizarre that it's kind of like that. And you're like, hmm, it is a strange kind of opening. But there's bookends to it. Like I say, I was happy because of the cameo at the end. So, you know, fair enough. We'll let it slide. A second problem I have, which was just the only problem, really, is actually the fact that that comic book style, I think, clashes a little bit with uh, with the film. I don't mind the exposition used uh, like to demonstrate uh, how they're going to take down the train through the, through these comic book style sequences. But what I do mind is the fact that we got lots of characters and Ding Sheng introduces them with name, catchphrase, and in the end, Phil, I mean, we were talking maybe seven or eight such intros, and in the end, I didn't look at many characters as individuals. I was looking at all of them as a group, and that was fine and very enjoyable so i don't know why ding sheng really had to emphasize like their name catchphrase and to be honest i never heard a catchphrase from jackie chan saying shut up shut up so i i i don't know what that was about to be honest yeah is it a storyboard thing you start out on this on this journey to make a film and it's very much maybe it's that comic book style and then that's stripped away but left so much in and it's a mismatch of genres i didn't mind it like i say i understand where you're coming from because it is a bit much and it gets you know and it's like a comic book because it introduces it in chapters as well. So the next chapter, the injured shoulder, or the next one getting the explosives, or whatever is blown up the bridge, introduces it like a comic book. The chapters were all right, though, I think. Yeah, the little episodes yeah. that actually were the thread of the movie. Uh, you know, taking care of the injured soldiers, getting the explosives, yeah, yeah. and so forth. So the chapters were all right, but the on-screen IDs were a bit too much. He actually did that in Saving Mr. Wu, presumably uh, echoing real-life characters. That mm-hmm. was okay there, too, and not intrusive, but we didn't look at many cops as individual characters uh, in Saving Mr. Wu, either. It was sort of a... You had... Lou, yeah, uh, the main cop and also the villain from uh, Police Story 2013. But uh, other than that, I, f- I think I was looking at them uh, as a group. So he's used it twice and it- it's not been perfect, but the strengths have been so prominent in other areas of the movie. So as you say, I- it didn't bother me at all. I mean, uh, it's it sort of... The-, the reason I think it clashes is that this movie is you know, set uh, in, in uh, you know, the east, but it is cold and it's a bit gritty and snowy. And to have these, like, super-duper colorful introductions from this uh, harsh environment to uh, these uh, colorful cards, that isn't a smooth transition, to be honest, because it goes from, like, no color to color, almost. I know what you mean. I think it would be better suited if you did a comic book-style movie. And made it a comic book and put those chapters in. And it's like turning the page of a comic book. Kind of go with it. It doesn't, like I say, it doesn't quite gel with what he tried to capture here. But like I say, it is a minor point. It doesn't affect the, I think, the enjoyable, obviously, watching the film. No, not at all. I mean, and also, uh, the movie is light. And uh, so it is a deadly series, plus these these type of introductions uh, but so i forgot about it but what what i do like and let's let's finally talk likes <laughs> i like <laughs> that the movie gets going quick and um uh, with a heist and then and, and these are resourceful train workers which is a very amusing thing because uh in the first 
heist they do, um, they, they do several throughout the movies, uh, getting supplies and what have you. They essentially pole vault out of trees onto the train, which actually, when you get that the movie is light eventually, those are perfectly sort of fun introductions, these uh, slightly... Slightly Mad Max type stunts, but uh, n- not an, not close to as dangerous as in Mad Max, of course. Uh, that is fun, and there's also quirks like these. Uh, you realize these are not uh, terrorists that uh, are going to shoot people left and right. They even ask people to turn around uh, when one of the persons they hold at gunpoint fall forward, or they kick him a bit. They ask people to turn around, so they don't want to people to see them even perform slightly tiny pieces of violence <laughs> and it, those are fun little quirks as you go into it and you try to get a hold of what's what the mood is and what kind of tone uh, ding Cheng is crafting and uh, i think for in my opinion he's crafting a light tone but not a broad tone or, or what do you think in terms of uh, comedy and, and mood yeah no i know i know what you're saying it, it kind of sets it up quite nicely i mean there's there's a little scene with, uh, I think it's JC and stuff, and he's trying to draw the flying tiger. That's their calling card and stuff, and he can't quite do it, and he just looks like a mess and stuff. And you kind of get the handle from the opening scene of like what this what this movie's going to be be like. And when you think about it with the setting and what it's about and stuff, you actually think it should be more gritty yeah. because it's kind of that dirty dozen. It's kind of that, you know, you, you expect it to be that, but he doesn't. He throws it into this kind of comical, kind of light-hearted and it and it works as well, but it would have worked the other way if he'd gone the gritty. But I suppose we've seen it a million times before, so why not make that more comical and light-hearted? And it and it works for Jackie anyway. I I think so. I, I have a note later. Hopefully, I'll remember it uh, in terms of why I think uh, treating this scenario as light. It's not uh, treating it as callous, but um, no. light. Uh, I, I have some notes on that. You you mentioned JC really quick. That that is indeed uh, uh, his son co-stars in the movie. Jackie's son, and there there is a little scene where the two argue within the movie and JC says, well, you got a big nose. Well, what's wrong with having yeah. a big nose then? So, meta, meta. <laughs> Father and son arguing, essentially, and uh, Jackie's big nose being the butt of jokes again. <laughs> yeah, which everybody gets and everybody loves this, this the joke, isn't it? The big nose and stuff. So, I mean, it's quite cool. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't take his tells too seriously. And they capture that point as well and stuff. So, it's a it's a serious situation, but it's a comical twist on it. And every scene is like that. It has that kind of comical twist to it, which is which is like I say, it suits Jackie. It ain't no little big soldier. It's it's a different it's a different kind of movie. And bizarrely, now you're stepping through it. Actually, it probably shouldn't work with its comic style, its comic book presentation, and its quirkiness. It is kind of a mismatch. It probably sounds it probably sounds a bit bizarre now to listen to go. What the hell is this movie? But it works. It, that's the quality of the director here, that he makes it work and the characters work well. You know, you feel for them, you're, you're watching them and you go through it. And that's that's a, the idea of good storytelling with everything around it is if the characters and you want to see how the characters get on and follow them, that's that's the key to any great film. I, I think so. I mean, Jackie really uh, is at the forefront, but in a slightly subtle way. But mm. uh, I, I'm coming back to a note that I, I was talking about why, why it's okay that this is light, because during downtime with uh, the robbers during their home life and all of that that as they sing together and they banter together Jackie really reveals his uh, reveals his charm here and makes the light interactions between a fairly large group of characters again I look at them as a group and not individual characters I have no idea what JC's name was because uh, it's it's really part of a group but regardless I, I I like that charm 
and smile as the robbers enjoy home life. Uh, you know, a little bit of downtime. It's not as noisy uh, that particular night during war times. And uh, even when things get a little bit tense, as uh, the Japanese uh, soldiers come to their home because they think the soldier, the Chinese soldier they're chasing has entered their home. There's some clever reveals of the fact that they have a hidden trap underneath the um, their oven. So mm. he's uh, hiding in a hiding in a hole there, and uh, it's actually fun tension around this part as he hides underneath the burning coal, and the Japanese officers are stabbing the coal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when they're out, and he's um, he's on fire, and he's he, they know he's on fire, and he says like for the second before, it's okay, the fire's out, and then the water comes down. Mwah, mwah, <laughs> mwah. <laughs> it is. In a way, it's wah wah wah, but it's it also is. very underplayed because he just sits there. He rather than shouting like, "Hey, why did you guys throw water on me?" He rather sits there and like, "Ah, oh, should have known." Essentially, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 I think it's not noticeable, Jackie, as such, but he is rather charming actually, and uh, without uh, making much noise, uh, like I'm a I'm performing in a light movie and stuff. No, no, not really. His uh, charm and his smile is rather disarming and. Uh, and uh, the banter between his gang and the villagers, they're nicely lighthearted without being broad as such. And by broad, I mean like loud and there's no slapstick comedy as such here. Uh, there's a very focused mood that I really appreciated, actually. Uh, there is a seriousness in the scenario, but there's no gloom where there's no oppression on your doorstep for those mm-hmm. few minutes, right? So it's okay to enjoy yourself for a little bit, uh, despite being there. Uh, War times and and all of that, uh, so I, I rather like that. Um, in terms of the Japanese depiction, uh, depiction of Japanese characters, you expect a Chinese movie to depict them as obviously the the enemy, and Ding Sheng gets away with. I just talked about that is not too broad, but when it comes to the <laughs> Japanese characters, he kind of goes for it, and yeah. I, I gave you my notes on what, if I think it works or not. So if you look at, for instance, the Hiroyuki Ikeuchi character, who, who is the Japanese baddie from Ip Man, you know, the, the very resilient Japanese soldier in this movie, you, you know it turns very comedic and cartoony. So did, did you ever think that was too much, considering the places Ding Shang takes this character, for instance? Yeah. You know, I thought about it, but I, I think you're that far into the journey that everything has come before it. You don't really, it doesn't phase you because the movie works as it does in this kind of slapstick, but not slapstick comic, but not comic series, but it, it works. And like I say, it is a bizarre movie in that when you think about it and you're reviewing it, it is. And when you're dissecting it, but that things like, no, it didn't concern me because I guess I was on the journey and I expected things like, to happen you know what i mean I, by that stage it was all just i was enjoying the movie and whatever happened happened i don't think he could have jarred me in any way but i know i know the scene that you're talking about yeah yeah and i actually think for some reason he manages to get away with uh, yeah making him a cartoon villain because mm-hmm. he he is the big bad he looks it he's a great looking actor and he looks it he looked that, that look was well suited for it man as well but he's kind of goofy at one point he gets drugged by eating pancakes that uh, that have been spiked and he gets totally totally drugged while there's uh, action going on 
And at one point, he's ha- he has ordered one of his soldiers to commit harakiri. That soldier merely finds like a meat cleaver, so he feels very useless. And when he orders him to, to commit harakiri using his sword, Hiroyuki's character looks away because he looks badass, but he is a little bit of a chicken too. He's not the perfect big baddie soldier. And mm. as the movie goes on, he turns into a cartoon character that, you, you know, he's foiled but mm. by the characters. And uh, I think he gets away with it, actually, uh, Ding Sheng, because uh, the actor is also very good at um, re- reacting to all the shit that happens to him. Like, and how he's foiled so many times and he hates these characters with Avengers. He calls them Hicks. You know, you damn Hicks, you damn Hicks, I'm going to get you. And I, I've talked about the movie not being broad. Within the Japanese camp, and this included the lady actually later in the movie, it's. I don't know how he made it work, but it, it is funny and enjoyable that the Japanese characters are the the cartoon character that gets foiled by the other cartoon character, whether, you know, Tom and Jerry or yeah. the Roadrunner cartoon or whatever. And I, I, I greatly enjoy it because uh, I, I thought it was funny because if you're game and you react well, then that is going to be sold well. You know, when yeah. he's drugged, then he. He slowly gets like, he shakes his head and like closes his eyes like, something's wrong, something's wrong. And then after a while, he's just passed out and uh, no, no one can get any order from him because he's just, uh, <laughs> he's just out of it. <laughs> I never felt that was a threat to the movie, to be honest, because uh, as you said, I was far enough into the movie where I started to enjoy most that was being thrown mm-hmm. at me, including that yeah. increased yeah. cartooning, cartooning stuff. And you're right, it is exactly that. It does kind of get thrown at you, but you're on that journey anyway, so it's kind of like it washes over you and just enjoying it. And that's what I mean, it's a good it's a good movie. So, you know, some people talk about, you know, Jackie Chan not making good movies anymore. This is a good movie. This is a good Jackie Chan movie. This is a good ensemble cast. It's light-hearted. You know, you're a Jackie Chan fan, you're going to love this movie. And if you're not, you know, you're going to enjoy this movie because it's, like I say... It's Ding Shing's on form with Jackie, so... Um... There, there, is a, there is a click there that um, you don't see a lot. I mean, granted, when he worked with Stanley Tong back in the day, anyway, mm. I've heard Kung Fu Yoga isn't necessarily good, but then again, I haven't seen it. I might enjoy it. Uh, I, n- I don't remember if the myth was considered like a return to form for the director-actor combo or not, but c- certainly they, they worked in... Um, Three movies together back in the day, and uh, those were good movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Super Cop, Rumble in the Bronx, and First Strike, in in my opinion. And and I'm glad you brought brought that up with with Jackie because I personally, and you, you can give some more thoughts on this if you like. Personally, despite being an action fan, I'm not looking for new Jackie Chan style action pictures. I'm looking for good pictures. And I know Jackie is expected to do action. He has a fan base. He knows that. But in between those movies, and at this point, a good film will do. Oh, it will do plentiful and and then some. And it's okay if it doesn't elevate either action, comedy, or his acting persona. Just be good. And with Ding Sheng, He's been more than good. He's been he's been very surprising, and it sort of fits together what what he wants to do. He's told us for decades, "I want to be like Robert De Niro," and uh, the, he he wants to act, man. And whenever Ding Sheng gives him a chance to act, and whenever Kirk Wong gave him a chance to act in Crime Story, there was a response there. If I hear 
something called Kung Fu Yoga. That doesn't really excite me. But when I hear something that doesn't seem like it's the Jackie Chan mold, there's I, I tilt my head a little bit more. Oh, okay. Something new. I was wondering, do you miss Jackie Chan action pictures or have you had your share of them that enough legendary ones are out there so you don't need a new revolutionary action picture from Jackie? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there, there, there is that many from his catalogue and you can't expect him to do stuff now that he did back in the day and stuff and anything he, he's doing now is to satisfy the fans to some extent. And doing those same films that... You know, they expect him to do, and doing those Hollywood films, they expect him to do, Skip Trace being one of those, you know, it's that kind of mold and stuff. But you're right, he will do these other films, and these directors come along and say Ding Sheng. And the the other one that I've, I've been touting, I'm going to keep touting it, The Foreigner. Oh, yeah, that, that, that looked pretty good. Pretty good. E, e, even though it's the Taken mold, I still thought it looked good. Yeah, yeah, that's that'll be different. That'll be drama straight up. That's going to be massive. That's going to be big because it's slightly different from what Jackie usually does. Um, and he doesn't star Piers Morgan, so we'll let me just get that Piers Brosnan. I'll say again, <laughs> did, just, uh, did you say Piers Morgan? Say it, yeah. <laughs> no, you missed it, but I said it, so I'm just clarifying that now. That's out of left field casting. Yeah, that really would be a strange movie to do. Um, but um, no, that, that's, that's going to be massive, and it is going to be different, and that's a big one. So of all the films he does, and he's, there's a lot on his schedule and stuff, if you start to, to play through him and stuff, there's some interesting projects he's doing. He's, like you say, those ones you'll lean towards, like the Foreigner, like the Devonair's Five Against the Bullet. There's these really kind of more dark films that you don't expect. Yeah, you'll get your Kung Fu Yogas. Yeah, you'll get your Robo Tigers. And yeah, you know, you'll get Skip Trace, which I wasn't a real big fan of. But, you know, within that, you're going to get some, you're still going to get some quality films. And we'll, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. But, do we expect a certain film from Jackie? Yes, we do. And that's why so many people go, well, you know, Jackie isn't as good as he was. No, really, he isn't going to be. He isn't going to be flipping and, and skipping and stuff. But if you look now at some of the films that he makes, there are these gems in there. And, you know, Railroad Tigers, it's close to a gem, but not quite as polished as it should be. But there are those films that Jackie jo- does now and stuff. And they are enjoyable that do break the mold he is going down to, into that road and you know i've said it before can he act yes he can act you know you have a look at some of the films he's doing now he's acting it's all about the acting he's letting the the ensemble cast do the you know the the jumping in the, the running around and stuff and he's acting and he's bringing those together he's holding the movie together you know that's that's what he that's what he does and hopefully he'll be doing it for many more years to come yeah, you you bring up a good point actually because I've heard also even for Kung Fu Yoga that he isn't necessarily the center point of action that there are other performers that exactly. are given the spotlight which is clever you you can do an action comedy with uh, action and martial arts and uh, but give others a chance as well that, that that's very clever and that might make it and enjoyable uh, therefore again i know it's disliked in certain places i've heard this was disliked in certain places and and i so, so you never know so i'm I'm looking forward to get, giving it a chance even though it's uh, the, the expectations are rather medium uh, for this one two out of three before in terms of their collaboration i i write i went in with slightly higher expectations uh, you mentioned acting and i think uh, there are dips into some dramatic and slightly more darker aspects too, uh, but but they're not noisy in terms of 
look at us, we're super dark now, and the score goes dark, or anything, nope. There, there are two instances here of dark and drama. One is when a soldier is shot while Jackie is hanging on to, uh, he's uh, underneath the train hanging on. That soldier is shot, and the dr- there's a drop of blood that seeps through the floor and uh, hits Jackie's nose under the train. Little subtle pieces like that. You know, he's not showered with blood, but it's just like perfectly, perfectly uh, uh, tying the drop onto his nose. And uh, and also at one point we get a little backstory because to him because at one point he speaks. Uh, he he's at a grave and um, he's uh, talking out loud, which is can, can be so lame, but it is actually very good. He he's talking lame in general in world cinema. If someone's sitting at a grave and talking to the grave just to add dramatic exposition but i think D- ding sheng is very confident in how he crafts exposition but because here jackie is saying a couple of lines of dialogue about um about his uh presumably his wife uh, where he says you said i'm incapable of doing something big but i but essentially i am trying to do something big and those are not big moments they're rather natural moments and i was uh, like those more when the moments aren't manufactured as melodrama or exposition dumps um, and again shows a confidence in Jackie, a confidence in Ding Cheng to create those moments and make them felt without stopping the movie for drama you know it's not timed up to be uh, manipulative drama <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 even little stuff like uh, he there, there's a lady in the village that seems to uh be in love with Jackie's character and at one point she kind of asks Hartfield like well, when are we going to get married and he said well soon there's things to be done first so it's almost like the 50th time she's asked and she's getting a little bit more worried each time as she asks because the missions tend to get more and more dangerous and so little touches from the ensemble cast as well any particular highlights in terms of uh, action i mean for instance the scene where with uh, Jackie and I think JC are caught on each side of the rope and going up and down like some kind of pulley system thingy. You know what? Yeah, I mean, it was clever. It was nice. You, you were always expecting some kind of action scenes and stuff. But you know what? The, the scene that, well, for me and stuff was actual the, the visual effects. We've not mentioned it, but, you know, they can be a little bit ropey on these productions. But you know what? I really loved it. The whole train and the whole visual FX that was done. I think that itself was the standout for me. The way it's done and captured and the action on the train, etc. And just very well done, very polished. I didn't really see any, you know, um, ropey looking FX going on. I was I was really impressed. So I think that whole whole train thing just um, it worked really well action on the train just yeah exactly you're, you're you're probably reacting more towards like the third, last 30 40 minutes of the train when it's more explosives and yeah, a lot exactly. more uh, bigger and and you're right i mean it there's no real true seems there it's pretty well integrated and i don't know if the movie was shot in 3d but certainly there's only a handful of little moments that seem 3d uh, the the japanese lady that uh, breaks the window by punching through it and hits a JC uh, sitting there in the driver's seat. That seemed like, oh, maybe it was 3D. But it never, if it had been more of those slow-motion CG moments, that would have been like, okay, stop it, stop it, take it down. But Ding Sheng saved them for a couple of uh, slight uh, 
detours into it. So if it was 3D, I'm just curious, uh, listeners, uh, let us know if you know it was. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter. But uh, when that moment hit, I was sort of like, oh, maybe it was, as a matter maybe of fact. Yeah. I, I like the, the, that whole... Um, it's more of a seesaw thing uh, with uh, them caught at uh, each uh, side of the rope uh, that's yeah. uh, over a beam or whatever. I thought that was uh, very funny and creative because uh, they they sort of fail at it because they um, because the timing is off between them. And then there's also a um, a scene where Jackie is face to face with a Japanese soldier on the train. He's in the middle of the movie, and he's got a gun. Uh, aimed at him and he manages to unload the chamber bullet by bullet by bullet by bullet until it's empty and then takes care of that soldier and I think that's the only sort of like ah oh, that's a little Jackie Chan touch right there and that was fun and fine by me yeah exactly that's what I mean there wasn't there wasn't no standout there was like I say the, the ropes in that little scene and stuff but uh, the, the, the ensemble cast kind of took over and that's why I think the last, you know, 40 minutes of the train, that was a treat for me. That was a triumph for visual effects. That worked really well. It's a, you know, your, your action scene, that was, that was it really. And if that's what the build-up towards it was, all the all the small jobs into the, the one big job for, for him to prove his worth and he's more than just, you know, this person that he's made out to be. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And like I say, and we talked a lot about the film and the quirks and about the film and stuff going through, but... You know that that action, the last you know half hour or so, it, it's great. It's 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 perfect. You know, action kind of drama, kind of comical. It's got every element in. I just I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the journey to get to that sequence, and I'm glad the visual effects held up. Yeah, they pretty much did, and it's a long ass scenario that needs to work. And I think it works because yeah. the developments in the heist at hand they're not very predictable. There's always like a next batch of fun uh you know when you uh new developments and new threats and maybe some comedic threats because even even the japanese lady <laughs> she has a long prolonged fight with jc and at one point she she gets big cartoon hair <laughs> which is sort of like you're going there ding shang but i yeah. i don't I, I actually enjoy that you went there and <laughs> She turns up and it's standing right up like a full, full hawk, so to say. See, it works because I'm still laughing at it now when you mentioned it. If it didn't work, I wouldn't be laughing. I'd just be like somber. But I'm chuckling about it now because I remember the scene and stuff with the rest and end. And it is, yeah, it's bizarre. Because you think she's going to, okay, if the male Japanese character is going cartoony places, she's going to take over and be a threat. And and yes, she is. But Ding Sheng remembers that I'm kind of doing a cartoon as well. And uh, so I, I like that, and I, I also like. <laughs> they, at one point, they uh, they dress in uh, Japanese soldiers' clothes and uh, paddle away from a train or whatever, and they're they're intercepted by another part of the Japanese unit, and that the way they get out of that situation is so wonderfully dumb that I I don't know how he pulled that off either because they they know no Japanese, so they say something to them blah blah blah, and they say hi. And they ask something else, and they say hi again, and then they get out of it by just uh, doing that uh, banzai, banzai, and everybody does it, and then they paddle away. And that is so stupid that it uh, is wonderful how they get away, and they're so wide-eyed as well. Like, oh no, how can we get out of it? Hi and banzai. 
essentially. And I thought that was like, if you're going to be dumb, then be dumb fully. And, uh, and if you're skilled as a director, you actually will get audiences on board. And I thought that was uh, absolutely wonderful. There's also time to acknowledge that this plan is probably a one-way ticket for these characters. But that darkness is not like ham-fisted or takes you out of the movie. Because, you know, one or two of them are not going to make it. It's a suicide mission. And uh, but but there is a fine stride here, you know, as they meet multiple threats at the bridge when they reach it, and uh, that that darkness isn't aiming to be enormously felt or melodramatic. It's sort of just expected that some characters will die, but he isn't uh, going grim and uh, gritty on us with this depiction. It sort of still is this action comedy um, with some slight dips into darkness, and uh, it, it, it's all it's all good fun, man. I uh, I can't say. Uh, enough enough that they, this is good fun and granted if you expect a Jackie Chan style movie then yes so your expectations are gonna not gonna be met because it isn't designed to be that one but uh, g- give it a chance because and uh, g- give the rest of the uh, Ding Sheng Jackie catalog a chance because the, it's better than one would expect three movies in like one movie was great that they clinched that they did it twice with uh, Police Story 2013. Granted, I had a problem with the Jackie Chan element in that one, with it being uh, with the fight scene. That was the, essentially my only problem with that one. But uh, still, it, it, uh, it, it was a success to me, and now this. So, going with uh, those expectations that Jackie is doing something he said he wanted to do, more varied stuff and more acting stuff. And this, despite being comedic and lighthearted and a heist movie and uh, an action movie, it, it does contain Jackie the actor too in there veering from his uh, usual templates and the mold that you expect Jackie to be sort of slotted into. So that's uh, all I want to say. So I'll um, leave it to you to um, say whatever you want about the movie and highlights from beginning, middle or end or what have you. So the floor is yours. Like I say, I've, I, I can't say enough about it. It's, it is lighthearted. It shouldn't be because it should be like the Dirty Dozen, but if you've seen the Dirty Dozen, you know they don't all make it at the end. So, you know, but it, like I say, it doesn't go down that dark route and stuff. It's all very lighthearted. But it works really well. It's, it's directed really well. It's presented really well. There was so much, and we've talked about so much, which makes it a good movie because there's lo- those scenes in the movie and there's plenty of them that are just enjoyable to watch. You know, I've got a note on Tank Wars. There's a little bit of a battle of the tanks going on and stuff. I quite enjoyed that scene. There's so much fit into this movie to watch. And there's little bits in here and there's there's the big scenes. But it just works all together as a movie, as a comic book style movie. Like I say, the bookends might be, you know, out of place somewhat. But it tells a story and it, 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 and it nails it from that point of view. And the ensemble cast work well, J.C., it's a good movie for him as well. I enjoyed his role, um, absolutely. Uh, and then working together, and they got their comical nods um, towards each other with the noses. Um, a good movie. You should watch it. If you're a Jackie Chan fan, you're going to love it. And if you're not so much, it's still a good movie, and you should watch it because it's a comical movie. It's a light-hearted movie, and there's plenty to enjoy in it. Yeah, uh, I, I won't spoil it, but, but, but certainly the emergence of the tank towards the end uh, with mm. the character that's in the tank, that, that really nailed down the fact that, oh yeah, he is a cartoon character. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Like, he, uh, you thought he's been foiled and uh, not killed, but foiled, but no, he's back. And like, he's, <laughs> now I'm going to get them. Like, uh, <laughs> because in cartoons, in uh, with Tom and Jerry and their uh, conflicts, they grow obviously bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, uh, towards the end of the cartoon. 
they're gonna be the arsenal is gonna be a little bit bigger because now I'm mad and I'm gonna take you out and he does that sort of live action here um, Ding Sheng yeah, yeah. which was very enjoyable again because of game acting too that did that uh, you know that Japanese actor um, Hiroyuki uh, Ike Uchi you, you expect that look to be okay he's he's not gonna be funny he's not gonna be funny and it's even fun because in in the outtakes uh, mainly in the outtakes we've there's no action fails essentially mm. there's a lot of acting flubs and uh, one thing that you know we, we talked about that there's a lot of characters introduced and a lot of names and we don't remember the names not even the actors do because they mess up the lines and they yeah. they say the wrong names they say what's your name again so even the actors didn't really know exactly who was who as they tried to deliver their lines and they have a ball when they all forget their names and stuff like that yeah and they look like they're a ball and that's it that makes it enjoyable doesn't it yeah absolutely when you see those kind of scenes and don't get me wrong there's, there's plenty of action in the movie and thank god you know um in recent times as well with the uh, you know, actors and stuntmen getting injured and, and, mm-hmm. and more serious injuries, bless. That they, they weren't, and it is comical and stuff. I'm, I'm surprised they just didn't put somebody in, you know, just quick, we need an action where Jackie gets hurt or something. Quick, you know, slap <laughs> him with a piece of wood or something. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Just anything just to stick it in the end credits. But uh, yeah, it's more uh, fluff lines. But like I say, and you can always tell Mark of me, they look like they're having a lot of fun doing it, and that shows on the screen. So yeah. It does very much, and uh, for, for once they actually subtitle those uh, outtakes. It's so yeah. common, especially back in the day, as soon as the movie's over, if there's anything, either a coda or uh, people talking during the outtakes, no subtitles whatsoever. Like, the subtitles job was done as soon as the screen went to black, which is anno- annoying when there actually was extra scenes and what have you. You, you can have, I think there was a scene in, like, uh, All for the Winner or the Top Bet, uh, where th- there was uh, extra scenes and you just mm, I want to know it looks funny <laughs> I want to know why <laughs> uh, so, so yeah and as for availability of, of Railroad Tigers it is available on Blu-ray and DVD in Hong Kong and as mentioned also Wellgo USA have put out the movie on DVD Blu-ray and on demand in America and Kaleidoscope did the same for the UK in terms of DVD and Blu-ray but if you go to iTunes uh, and rent it there that's the um, uh, well go have uh, demand rights or on demand rights in the uk but obviously there's not going to be a difference there's no different cuts here as far as i know um so it's, it's the complete movie and uh, probably the same source and same subtitles and all of that so it's just the way that the rights were worked out for the uk market so uh, the point is it's all good and available for you uh, so so yes, and again, thank you to Fetch and Wellgo for providing the show with the disc for review. We really appreciate it, and uh, we generally enjoyed it, too. We all win. And hopefully our promotion is uh, effective in some way, so I hope you give the movie a chance, listeners. And if you don't like it, that's okay. We're not dictating any opinions here. We're not... Uh, we've never done... You we will like will. the movie. We're not dictating anything, but you will like it. The only thing you must like is the star cameo at the end. If you don't... I'm coming. I'm coming for you. That's it. You just you can go home and go to bed and not have any dinner. And then and then we'll look at the star cameo again and uh, see if your opinion has changed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good, good, my friend. We are therefore done for this. Uh, not mini episode, but there was only one episode, a little, little hour, uh, hour and change, uh, maybe uh, episode of podcast on fire. So uh, we're done with railroad tigers, and looking forward to uh, hopefully more collaborations in the future with Jackie and Ding Sheng and any Hong Kong star really. Like uh, Ding Sheng, uh, work with um, Aaron Kwok. I don't mind that. I would like to see that work with Chai Fat even. 
Like, mm. bring it on, bring it on. Hong Kong stars look good under, under his direction. Uh, so, so yes, um, uh, this has been Podcast on Fire on podcastonfire.com, the home of the network, and plenty of shows on Hong Kong, Japanese, Korean, sleazy, and India movies. And uh, we also do audio commentaries and bonus episodes every now and again. Let us know what you thought of Fair Railroad Tigers, either on the Facebook group or email us uh, very traditionally, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. And uh, follow the handy buttons to our various social media at the top of our website, uh, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Stitcher. And uh, I have a review site as well called SoGoodReviews.com, and uh, my link uh, link to my Twitter is available in the show post too. So that's the quick contact information from my end. Feel, feel, feel. Eastern Phil fans, Eastern Phil fans, Eastern Phil fans. Pluck, pluck, pluck. www.easternphilfans.co.uk Facebook, Twitter, you can find me, you can contact me, you can email me. I check out the site and stuff. And uh, yeah, it'd be good to hear from you. And um, I, I, I know I'm going to say this now on a podcast and stuff and I'm really going to regret it, but I really want to do the greatest 100 movies ever. Keep that thought in mind, fellow listeners, because I'm going to need your help with that. Like a podcast series or a written series? I, I don't know. It's in my head. I haven't conceptually devised how it's going to happen, but I'm going to need people out there to dip in and give me their thoughts. Um, but um, I've been saying it because I've, I've seen some others out there that people have been doing, and um, I, I want to do it not from my point of view, from the fans, what people think, get a collaboration going of all people, and dip them in the pot and see what comes out. Do you know what I mean? Not my opinion. I don't know if anyone's here about my opinion. Of I know they do. my favourite. Well, you do, obviously. Bless you. Bless your little heart. I've got uh, one. <laughs> people might do, but I don't. I want. I want the listeners, the viewers, the fans out there to throw everything in a big pot, and then I just put it out there and say, "This is what the best hundred Asian films are." And people agree, disagree, but it was by the fans of those films, by the people that enjoy them. Let's have that. I can't believe I just said that. But yeah, I'm going to do that. So there you go. Said it now. No turning back now. <laughs> no, I've done it. I had that from uh, conception to execution, my friend. Like, uh, that's uh, that's always admirable. So uh, go for it. Plug plug away everywhere you like on uh, on our uh, our, our uh, feeds and what have you. So go ahead. Do it. I dare you. Do it. Cool, my friend. Well, we are done for uh, this time around the episode on Railroad Tigers. So uh, I've been Kenny D, and with me was Phil G, the man behind the 100 best movies ever. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Yay! Now you have a title. You have to live up to it. That's it. I've done it now. I've done it, haven't I? That's it. Gonna have to do it. Excellent. Head off to work. Now.